We are in the midst of a sermon series. We've been building a recipe, a fruit salad, so to speak. And this fruit of the spirit that we have been talking about are the spiritual, psychological, and behavioral changes that we outwardly exhibit in our Christian walk. We are showing the magnificent, powerful spirit of God that lives in us in visible ways to a broken world. That's it. That is the definition of what the fruits of the Spirit are. That is the entirety of them. Visible manifestations of God working in you. And we are adding one more fruit to the recipe today. This is the third fruit on the list that Paul provides in Galatians. Peace. Everyone wants peace. We desire peace in our households, peace in our neighborhoods, peace between nations, peace of mind. If you're a Christian, we probably would be a little bit more specific and say that we want God's peace in our lives. And yet this world never sees peace. Even if there is no war, there is still no peace. Even if we aren't killing each other, there are still deserts of peace in people's minds and souls. In our culture and in our language, we tend to talk about our lack of peace by saying that we are stressed. And I want to talk about our cultural sense of stress and how pervasive it is for a moment. These are the statistics about stress that I found. And keep in mind, these numbers are from 2019, prior to anything having to do with COVID. Exactly two-thirds, 67% of Americans, say that their stress level affects their daily life in a negative way. 44% say their level of stress is increasing. Interestingly enough, for you parents, while 69% of parents say their stress is hidden and does not affect their children, 86% of children say they do see their parents' stress and it negatively affects their life. In fact, nearly one-third of children report that they are so stressed it causes them to get physically sick on a regular basis. And if you look at the statistics, people are stressed about all sorts of things. Money, work, relationship, family responsibilities, personal safety, personal health, the state of the nation, the state of the world, their property, their, their business, etc. The fact of the matter is that if it affects your life in some way, you will find some way to be stressed about it. I want to do a little quiz. How familiar are you with stress? Complete each of these sentences with the appropriate word. I'm ready to throw in the... I'm at the end of my... I'm just a bundle of... My life is falling... I am at my wits... 
my back is against the... Oh, we could go on all day. I mean, just think of the phrases that are pervasive. We are wound up. We're under a lot of pressure. We're in the weeds. We're in the rough. We're in a pickle. Things are driving me crazy. We're snowed under, up to our ears. I have a lot on my mind. I have a lot on my plate. I'm overworked, overwhelmed, overburdened. I'm burnt out. I'm running to the ground. I'm distressed or stressed out. I deal with stress or manage my stress. I need to unwind. How do you know these answers? How do you know these idioms? Because you've probably heard them a thousand times and you've probably experienced them personally a hundred times. These kinds of expressions are ingrained in our culture. And sadly, I think, if I were to ask you to finish the sentence with most of the 329 verses that have the word peace in them, you would not be as adept at knowing them as you were with those idioms on stress. And we have the Spirit. We have the very Spirit of God. Can you imagine a stressed God? Can you imagine a God who is unsure or worried about the future? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Can you imagine a God who stresses about where his food or where his housing will come from? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can you imagine a God who worries about money or relationships or health? Why is it nonsense to see God like that? Well, because he has the power to handle any problem, to know the future. What could ever stop, stump, or stress God? And this is the same God in our lives. This might hurt to hear, but at its very core, stress is weak faith. It is a statement to God that you don't trust him enough. We have the Spirit. We have the peace and the power of God that flows in our veins because of the blood of Christ that covers us. We are tapped into life-giving, power-giving strength and wisdom that comes straight from the living Spirit himself. It exceeds all understanding and all expectations. God is with you. Why are so many Christians stressed. Where is our peace? Colossians 3.15 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. The Greek word translated rule here is a very unique and unusual word. It's, this is the only time it appears in the entire Bible. And it comes from the ancient Greek sports world. It comes from the Olympics. The word means literally to umpire or to referee. 
Essentially, this verse says, we should let the peace of God be the referee in our lives. What does a referee or an umpire do? They hold the players accountable to the rules. They make sure the game is played in a smooth and orderly manner and the players don't act out. And the Bible says that the peace of God is like the umpire of your emotions. If you feel your anger getting out of control, peace will come in and blow the whistle. Your stress levels rising, the peace of God comes in and calls a timeout. Every time that your feelings start to go awry, they start to go out of bounds, they start to violate the rules of what it means to be a Christian, the peace of God comes in and reminds you what God expects from His players. And I have to say that this verse has taken on a whole new meaning for me now because in my subconscious, my inner peace referee, unfortunately, looks exactly like Terry Powell now. It is an image I just can't shake. Every time my emotions get, get out of control, here comes little Terry running up in his black and white calling a timeout. And we need this. We need this little referee. Because we are a stressed culture. And it just doesn't click because we're supposed to be a nation of many believers. Those two things don't connect in my mind. Where the peace of God reigns, stress should not have a foothold. Now, the pharmaceutical industry makes billions a year off of stress and anti-anxiety medications. And yet, it just covers the inherent problems. You cannot cover up a lack of peace. You cannot medicate it away. You cannot run from it. I guarantee that your sense of inner peace, it comes from within the soul. You could go to Tahiti, but you can't run away from yourself and your own mind. If you are peaceless in Kansas, you'll be peaceless on the beach. And I don't want to minimize mental illness. These things are real and debilitating. I've been peaceless. I've been stressed so severely that I was physically ill, forming ulcers. I've been so deep in depression that I couldn't get out on my own. I don't want to minimize the very real worries and the stresses that affect you. For some, it will always be harder to find peace than others. Just like for some, it will always be harder to control your anger or for others to have good self-esteem. We do not minimize the battle, but we proclaim the truth that there is divine power that we can tap into. A power that is greater than whatever goes on in your mind. A power that is greater than whatever is going on with your checkbook. Whatever is going on in this nation. For the children of God, we have access to the face of the King of all that was, is, and ever will be. And I promise, there is deep, deep rest in Him. The invitation to find that rest, to feel the peace that is offered before you, is always present. God's invitation is always there. And this morning, I want to show you a pathway to find it. 
when I look at Scripture, I see five pathways that will help you get to the place of peace. The first thing you must do to find peace is to accept God's pardon. If you want peace, you must accept God's pardon. Accept His forgiveness. For most of the world, the reason that they have no peace is they are still identifying as enemies of God. They are still slaves to their sin. They are still captives of their past. They still sit under judgment and the fear of death. They have no spirit to empower them. It is no wonder they are peaceless. You cannot war with God and have peace. And most of the world doesn't even realize they are at war. Accept God's pardon, because this is what he promises. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103.12 We do not serve a vengeful God. We do not love a loveless God. It is his nature to forgive. It is his nature to forget failure. It is his nature to fix the broken and to heal the hurting and to find the lost. God has a big eraser. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Human, you were not created to handle these burdens. The weight of your sin and your mistakes. You were created to be sinless. Your natural created state is to be perfect and to live in perfection. Your mortal frame and your tender soul were not made to handle the crush of all that you've messed up. And there is a God who was stretched out on the cross, and in that place and in that time, he took the burden, he cleansed the sin, he wiped out your debt. Find your peace. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are not who you were, and you will not always be who you are now. Christ is redeeming you to look more like Jesus every day, even on the days you can't see it yourself. He is. The second thing we must do to find this path to peace is to obey God's word. It's a very simple principle. Obey God's word. Do what the Bible says. Live its promises. There is a reason that these rules and laws were given the world was created in a specific way. There are rules to the cosmos, to human nature, to society. Some of you may hate it. Some of you will spend your whole life rebelling against it and denying it and trying to tear it down. But it doesn't change the fact that there are spiritual laws that govern creation. They are eternal and immutable. And we do not live according to these rules and order, much in our culture. And when we don't, we will find chaos, restlessness, and strife. Do not be shocked when this is what you reap. 
Do what the Bible says. It was given to you for a reason. This is what Psalm 119, 165 says. Those who love your law have great peace. Nothing can make them stumble. God's word is there so we can learn how to be at peace and harmony with him and his created world, which includes other people and which includes being at peace with yourself. When we buy a car, there is an owner's manual in the glove compartment. This manual tells us how to operate the vehicle and to take care of it so that it will run better and for longer. The Bible is much more than just an owner's manual. It is a love letter, a history, a revelation, and a prophecy. But it is also a manual. God's Word is the owner ma owner's manual for your life. It contains principles for health, finance, business, relationships, and much more. Everything that we mentioned before that you can get stressed out about, there is practical instruction in Scripture's pages on that subject. And you may choose to ignore those principles, but for those who do, you cannot be surprised when you don't find peace. The third way to find the path to peace, the third principle, is to focus on God's presence. If we want peace, we must focus on God's presence. We must realize God is always with us. The Bible promises in Isaiah, you will keep him in perfect peace, he whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You can always fix your gaze on the problems or the answer. You can be swallowed by worry or you can seek the face of God. You can focus on all that is going wrong or you can look to the Lord who will never leave you nor forsake you. He is bigger always than what you face. It is said if you constantly focus on your problems, you will be distressed and depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll find rest. And I believe it's true. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Look to Him. He is Abba. He is Father. He is the great provider and healer. We serve Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Rapha. And man, does He love you. Be still and know I am God, He says. The Hebrew word here for be still means to let it go. Church, you do not have the power to tackle your problems alone. Forget about the world's problems. You do not have the power to tackle your own problems. And until you recognize how small you are, you will continue to struggle. God says, let it go. God says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. That's a promise. A wonderful, glorious, everlasting, God-given rest is right there. We hunger for it. We hunger for this type of fruit. And few of us find it because we get so wrapped up chasing solutions, we forget we're supposed to be chasing God. Listen to Scripture. Stop it. Let it go. Look to your Father. The fourth thing we need to do to tap into the peace of God, to grow that fruit of the Spirit, 
is to trust God's purpose. And I don't mean that in the sense of what is God's purpose for the world or for the nations, but what is God's purpose for your own life? We don't have a God who just moves nations and maneuvers armies. We don't have a God who just knows the bigwigs' names and stretches out destinies for the powerful. He is a God who knows you. The Bible says that He knows you down to every last detail, every thought, every decision you'll make, every step you'll take. You aren't human number 5 billion and 32. You are called by a name. You aren't a statistic in God's eyes. You aren't a generality. You are a person. And the Bible says you are here on earth with a purpose. There is an intention in your existence. And the good you will do sometimes is predestined for you before you were ever born. There is peace in that. Your life isn't random. Your future some unknowable mystery. The universe some dark and unfeeling void. There is a God who knows you and who wants you to know Him and for you to find peace in His plan for you. Lastly, ask for God's peace. If we want God's peace, we need to ask for it. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Notice the order here. First prayer, then peace. There is a cause and effect relationship here. Prayer is the cause, peace is the effect. If you are not praying, you are likely to be worrying. And worry is a useless emotion. It solves nothing. Worry is a waste of time and it is a waste of energy. Our word worry comes from the German word vergen, which means to choke. That's what worry does. It chokes out your life. It chokes out the spirit in your life. Jesus indicated this very thing when he said, The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who had heard. But as they go on, their way was choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life. And they brought no fruit to maturity. This stress, this anxiety, this worry, can kill the presence of God, the power of God. It can choke it from your life. It can kill your peace. It can wither the fruit of the Spirit. It can destroy the seed. Pray for the peace of God. Ask for it. Destroy the worry before it has the strength to destroy you. When you start to worry, pray. When the pressure builds up, pray. When panic sits in, pray. Jesus Christ is a safety valve. Turn your cares into prayers. Lay it on the Lord. God will not be stressed out by what you tell Him. He isn't burdened by your burdens. He already knows everything that you know and loves you anyway. He will not be overwhelmed by your worry. He already held the sin of the entire world on his shoulders. In Jesus Christ, there is not condemnation, only grace. Give it up to God. God gives those to those who ask, 
When stress starts to choke, pray. Church, what is robbing you of peace today? Is it guilt? Turn to God for forgiveness. Is it worry? Is it frustration? Is it anger? Is it uncertainty? You can talk to Christ about all these things and anything else that is bothering you. God's peace passes all understanding. He wants you to have it. He wants to lavish it on your life. The Spirit wants you to feel such trust and peace that you exude it to the world, showing it in your actions and in your demeanor. He wants the inner truth to be so evident that the fruit blooms for the world to see. He wants good things for you. He wants you to find peace. He wants you to stop shouldering your own burdens. Seek Him out and discover wonderful rest.